This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Well, hey, hey, listener, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. A beautiful day here in Vancouver, BC. We're heading into the fall, and I always am so appreciative of those blue sky days. And I'm telling you, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I bought my dream car this summer. And even though I leave the house when it's dark out, there's something about being able to still have the top down, even if I'm bundled up, that brings me so much joy. So a reminder to you to hang on to the things in your life that really give you joy, tap into those things and make sure you are doing some of that every day. Now, this week, I'm going to talk a little bit about being a mom and how our kids really shape us. And I'm going to try and get through this episode without bursting into tears, which if you've been listening for a while, you know, it's not uncommon for me to deeply feel my emotions because what I'm here to do is also give you permission to feel yours, but that doesn't mean you need to get trapped in them or drown in them. It just simply is about acknowledging them. And I don't typically share things when I'm really in the middle of them still. I like to share it on the other side when I feel like I'm more grounded in the lesson. But for whatever reason, my intuition is really calling me to share this in the moment. And, you know, truthfully, I think sometimes sharing in the moment when we are feeling things deeply, you know, it allows us to really, I'm hoping it'll allow you to really hear the message and give you permission to look at whatever is going on in your life through a different lens and give yourself permission to feel so Last week, if you if you tuned into last week's episode, it was, you know, how how well do you really know yourself? And I shared with you about some of the tests that I've taken online, if you want to call them tests, to help to know myself better. And this really stemmed from my youngest son going through all his educational assessments. They're called a, a psych edge, psych, psych ed evaluation, so that we could find out how he learns. And I'm sharing this because I talk a lot about identity and the stories in our life and how they shape who we think we are. And they're all simply stories. And some days, the level of awareness that I have now around emotion, identity, beliefs, stories, whatever you want to call them, some days, part of me wishes I could just go back to that, you know, ignorance is bliss. But I can't. And the truth is, I don't really want to because knowing what I know now allows me to be a better advocate for my son. However, it doesn't make it easier. 
it almost makes it more painful because I'm witnessing his identity being shaped and I have to show up and advocate for him, heal my own wounds that are coming to the surface and trust that he's having the journey he's meant to have. And it's such a reminder that we can't fix other people. Nobody's broken. All we can do is show up with love and empathy and remember that everybody will find their way. And so often we're trying so hard to help other people feel better that we rob them of the experience that they're, they're meant to have. And, you know, if you have children, you know that oftentimes you can talk to your blue in the face and you don't necessarily know what's going in. So just to give you a little bit of background, um, through Jake's assessments, we found out that he is dyslexic and he is what they call two-time gifted and LD. So he's a very complex learner, uh, very, very smart, <laughs> which is a challenge in itself. Highly gifted kid in terms of how his brain works. But then there's things that he struggles with, like sequencing. So math, printing um, are all very, very challenging for him. And these were things that I also struggled with in school. But here's the difference between boys and girls is, and you may resonate with this if you have boys, in girls, when we're young and we start to figure out that things are hard for us, I'm going to speak from my personal experience, I always felt different and I didn't understand why I couldn't do things and why things were so hard for me, especially looking at my brother who seemed to, you know, just learn so easily. Everything seemed to come so easily for him and I felt like I had to try so hard and even then it didn't make sense and I questioned why we were doing things the way we were doing them. Like, why did I need to learn this? It's not relevant to my life. Um, and just being told like, because you have to, because you have to. So what happens to girls when we're young, especially when we're really smart and we see the world through a different lens, is we start to kind of isolate, shut down, and we just figure out how to fly below the radar. So we dim our lights. We stop questioning authority. Maybe you didn't. I did. I used to fight back with my teachers all the time. But I just learned, like, you know what? Figure out how to fly under the radar, Lisa. But I basically picked up the story that, you know, I was just a nuisance and uh, different than everybody else. And like I've said in, in previous episodes that I just wasn't smart, right? That I, I obviously just wasn't smart. And I believe I've told the story that, you know, the, the nail in the coffin was when I took my, I don't know, it was one of those exams where they tell you what you're going to grow up to be. And when the printout came out, because it was this long paper printout back in the day, it said that my ideal job would be to put shoes on horses. Yes, you heard me right. I don't know what that job is called and no offense to anybody who does that for a living, but for a girl who was already suffering with low self-esteem and already picked up this story that she wasn't smart enough to think that that was what I was going to amount to was putting shoes on horses was devastating to me. I made decisions in school, especially as I got into the higher grades of what courses could I take where I could just blend in and fit in. What were the easiest courses that I could take so that I would just pass? 
And I was telling my husband last night because I was, you know, I was having some tears about this, that younger version of myself who didn't know any better. I had signed up for history 12 because I had had an amazing history teacher in junior high. And he just, he was just so captivating how he taught because he taught through storytelling. And I really learned through storytelling, through listening to other people's experiences. And maybe you're the same. This might be why you're tuning in because you're getting ahas from my stories. So I wanted to take history because I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn about all these elements. And I quickly realized in that class that there was going to be a lot of work. There was going to be a lot of homework. There's going to be a lot of studying. And there was going to be a provincial exam at the end. And at the time, I didn't believe I was capable of doing that work. I knew how hard it was going to be for me. So I removed myself from the class and I robbed myself of the opportunity to learn about history because it just felt too hard. And this is what I'm witnessing in my son now. When things feel too hard, when they feel too overwhelming for him, he backs up. Now, here's the difference between boys and girls, though. So girls tend to turn down their light. We figure out a way to like make it work so nobody notices. We feel like the black sheep all the time, but we just kind of, yeah, really dim our light, right? We hide the fact that we don't feel good enough and that we don't feel smart enough. So that's how it plays out for women. But for boys, it comes out often in their behavior. So it looks like aggression, anger, frustration, because boys move their emotions <laughs> in different ways than girls. So this is what's been happening with Jake in public school. And this is no slam on public school teachers, because I think teachers are the most amazing people in the world. However, in a classroom with a lot of kids, you know, Jake would get frustrated, shut down, and he would get tagged for poor behavior because he would just argue. And in fact, one time in grade three, he just walked out of the room. So <laughs> I laugh, not because it's funny, but I remember once actually throwing a book at one of my teachers, not like throwing it at her, but kind of like slamming it down and letting it slide towards her because she wouldn't help me during class hours. But as soon as the bell rang and it was time to go home, then she was, a, then she was prepared to work with me. And my thought was, well, now it's my time. Like, I want to go home. I want to go play. Like, you're the teacher. You're supposed to be supporting me in school hours. So you can see, like, right out of the gate, I was always questioning the world. So this is what's happening with my little guy. So through a bunch of um, events, my little guy has really learned that when things are hard, he just goes into to frustration and shuts down. Now, being a mom, and I've admitted this over and over again, is probably the area in my life that I feel the most vulnerable. Uh, it is the area of my life where I'm like, God, what the hell am I doing? And maybe you can relate to this. You know, none of my kids came with a manual. And I've done the best that I could. And I definitely have a new level of awareness now as a mom than I did you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, it's, it's so hard for me to realize that, you know, my oldest has now moved out of home, yet I'm, I'm back in the soup. 
but I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention with my little one because I'm not a helicopter mom and I just wasn't paying close enough attention. And I'm not saying that to be hard on myself because I've really been reflecting on, you know, I can't go back in time and change anything, but I also have to look at how I'm going to choose to show up as a mom moving forward. And as I've said, there are some areas of my life when things feel hard or overwhelming, or I'm in that place of shame, I back away. So my youngest, when he is in his feelings of shame and I'm not good enough, it comes out as anger and frustration. And when I'm in a place of shame, it can often come out as avoidance. I avoid doing the things that I need to do because I don't believe in myself. Oh, I just need to let that one land there. So this is what we've been sitting in. Now, shame is that belief that there's something wrong with me and I'm not good enough, right? Guilt is very different. Guilt is not focused on self, but shame is focused on self, right? So guilt is, oh, I ate that cookie. I wish I hadn't eaten that cookie. Oh, but it was such a good cookie. Where shame was, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just not eat the cookie? Why don't I have any willpower? So shame always shows up in bad behavior. And we use these behaviors, whether it's anger, rage, frustration, avoidance, perfectionism, right? That's another thing that has come up for me uh, in the past, especially in school, right? If I couldn't be smart, I'd be pretty. So I just look perfect. It so unfelt emotions, emotions that we struggle to be with, or maybe we've never even slowed down and tuned in and paid attention to what's going on or what we're feeling come out in our behaviors. And then those behaviors shape how the world sees us. And then we start to pick up our beliefs and we create the stories about who we are. We create our identities when we are young based on the feedback that we're getting from the world. So you see where this has become problematic with my son. So I managed to, <laughs> by the grace of God, graduate, barely. And let me tell you, on when I was graduating, I didn't actually know if I'd graduated or not because um, – you're going to laugh at this. I almost failed PE and PE failing PE would have caused me to not graduate. So I remember, which is ironic because I went on to be a very successful personal trainer. Of course, my life is grounded in fitness. So it's, it's really quite ironic. Um, but that period, you know, I remember graduating and feeling so much shame because there my whole family was there to celebrate me graduating. And I actually didn't know if I was going to graduate and if I'd have to tell them I didn't, I didn't graduate. So you see how years of like flying under the radar and the work that I've had to do on myself to, to release this. And now with everything that my youngest is going through, I'm having to go back and say, where are there still threads of shame that exist for me around what I believe I am and am not capable of? What emotions do I still need to feel? And I really believe everything in life is happening for us. 
Now, it's easy to say that when everything in life is going really good. And it's easy to have all these tools and be high vibing when life is going good. But you will learn how much you have or have not embodied this work when the shit hits the fan. And you have to get really present to what you're feeling. And you have to get really present to your responses and how you're showing up in the world. So last week we got some news that was very hard to take in. And I had to really sit with it. And I had to not wrap a bunch of story around it or meaning. Because as moms, we don't we want people to see our kids as the amazing little humans that they are. And because I see, I see and I know, right? Like I don't know, no, because I'm not in his head, but I've been doing this work long enough to understand that my son's reactions are shame-based and that his brain has basically hardwired this behavior in as a habit. He doesn't even, he's not even aware that he's going into anger and frustration because his brain just takes him offline because it. His brain believes it's a threat to his sense of belonging if he's not smart enough, if he's not measuring up against other people, if he can't do the things. So he just shuts down. So I've had to really be present to not making it mean anything and not, how do I put this? Being an advocate for my son, but not from a reactionary place of being defensive, but from a place of responding and understanding, okay, what do I need to do here? What can I take responsibility for? How do I need to respond to this in a way that's going to be supportive of both him and of me, not make it about my stories or my insecurities, and really look at what is here for me in this experience. So it was the first time in a long time where I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do here. And I had to remind myself that there have been other times in my life where I have not known what to do. For instance, when my husband went off to rehab and life fell apart under me, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I have to trust that I will figure it out. I also have to surrender, surrender. Mm, that word, which doesn't mean giving up, but it means really trusting that this is unfolding for all of our highest and greatest good, including my little guys. And I don't know what that means and I can't control it. So surrender is about handing it over and trusting that everything is going to play out and that there are huge lessons here. So for me, because I can't, I can support him the best that I can. But I can also take a step back and say, what is he mirroring for me? Where am I trying to avoid things that are hard? Where am I not allowing myself to be helped and supported? Where am I pushing away people? Because I don't believe I can do it. And there are areas. Where am I not advocating as strongly as I could because I'm afraid of judgment, perhaps, right? Because we don't want anybody judging our kids. I don't want, but the humans are going to judge. Humans are going to judge. You're going to be judged. I'm going to be judged. There's already people judging me. You might be listening to this judging me. 
how could you be talking about this? Um, but this is this is what I need to lean into is what lessons are here for me? Where have I not been paying attention because things feel hard? And where am I allowing myself to get into frustration? And what can I let go of even more to free up more space and more time so that I can pay closer attention to things that really need my attention to the things that really do matter. And also, you know, integrity is such a huge value of mine. Where am I out of integrity with what I'm trying to teach Jake versus what I'm doing myself? Right? As parents, I hear this all the time. We want our kids to be a certain way, eat certain foods, behave a certain way. Then as parents, are you really showing up in integrity with what you're teaching your kids? Because if you're saying one thing, but modeling something completely different, your actions carry more weight than your words. Your actions carry more weight than your words. So this past week, I've had to get quiet. I've had to allow myself to feel my feelings. I've had to allow myself to really double down on the tools that keep me grounded. So basic things like self-care, extra rest, eating my food, getting my workouts in, moving my body, journaling, having the courage to explore the old threads in my life the stories that I'm still carrying around that I've given meaning to that need to shift so that I can step into this clear and clean energetic space to support my son. And knowing that his identity is being shaped right now. And at nine, there's some pretty profound things that he is anchored in. And I also know that humans, we can constantly look at those stories. We can constantly shift those beliefs. And with the right care and attention, I know that he's capable of that as well. So it's my job now to support him in doing hard things and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's quite different working with a nine-year-old on this versus a grown woman who is paying me to support them being uncomfortable and shifting. As far as my little guy is concerned, he is who he is. He is who he is. And mom, I don't have to change something if I don't want to. He doesn't want to feel his feelings. He wants to shove everything down. So imagine that. My job is to support my clients tuning into and feeling their feelings. And I have a nine-year-old who is doing everything in his power to avoid even acknowledging that he has his own. It's a lot. So I just want to remind all of you out there who are moms that our children are here to teach us way more than we are here to teach them. And that even when we think things are going wrong, they are always going right. 
every time in my life I've been handed a shit sandwich, we'll call it a shit sandwich, it has always been one of the best things that could have happened to me. And I have to trust and surrender to the fact that what is happening with my little guy right now is going to be one of the best things that has ever happened to me and one of the best things that has ever happened to him. And my intention is to hold space for everything working out better than I could have even imagined it and to not tolerate any thoughts of catastrophe or what if, right? Because we love to play that game as moms, but what if, but what if, but what if we don't know? I don't know. I don't know how it's going to unfold, but I do know that if I take responsibility for my stuff and I show up fully in my power, not in my emotions, not in my old stories, not projecting my stuff onto him and really stand and advocate for him and lean into my own discomfort around doing things I've never had to do before, that everything's going to be okay. And I hope that, you know, maybe when I come back to this episode 20 years from now, that I'll go, yeah, look at that, Lisa. Look how wise you were. So remember, you get to choose your thoughts every single day. Challenge your identity. Challenge the things in your life that you're taking as status quo. Look back. Ask yourself better questions. Cut the threads that are tying you down to these old stories that are stopping you from being all you can be. Look at where your kids are struggling and ask yourself better questions because they are mirroring back to you what is here for you to learn. So thank you for listening today. Uh, and sharing this with me. It has been, it has been a week and it's not over yet. And uh, I know everything is going to work out, but I wanted to, yeah, just give you a behind the scenes in real time of what's going down over here. That and so much more, but we'll save that for future episodes. So have a beautiful day. Remember to take care of you because you you are the most important thing in your life, even when other things around you look like they need to take priority. You have to be a priority in your own life first. That's how you're going to show up for the other people in your world. And now more than ever before, ladies, we need to step into our power. How are we going to change the world if we're so caught up in our own garbage stories and every day Every day, I just see the potential of women if we can move forward. So that being said, take good care of you. And if you're needing support, reach out, hop on my calendar. I've still got some slots left, I think, for October. So you can you can check that out at lisacarpenter.ca forward slash W, I'm having to think of the link, WWM, work with me. So lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WWM and grab one of those single transformational sessions and we can dive into whatever topic that you're feeling a little bit less than in and let's see what we can shift. Those sessions are pretty profound. So until next week, 
Take good care of you. And I'll talk to you soon.